in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the emotionally spent Glenn Stansberry. Mm-hmm. I look. I'm emotions are high or low. Low. Low is probably a better. Uh, uh, it's a, a tense. It's a tense moment. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, not not right now. Right. It has been a tense it's past a few tense. days. Yeah, it has. I guess I should explain myself. Um, my team, the mighty Kansas Jayhawks, have fallen mm. um, early. How the, how the mighty have fallen. How the mighty fall. Uh, the overall number one seed in the uh, 64 seed tournament. Um, Was that 68? Or, uh, well, technically 66? it's still 64. Okay. But those okay. other four, they play in to be part of the 64. Ah, which okay. makes a lot of sense if right. you think about it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway... They've fallen, mm-hmm. and and uh, I don't know if we're going to get back up. I mean, I'm sure the the sun will rise, mm-hmm. but right now it's it takes a few days to rise. It's uh, yeah, it's time's moving slow. The KU thing, it's this pattern every year where every year uh, hopes are high. They get, the, I mean, not every single year, but for the most part, <laughs> for the most part. Let me just lay out the scenario. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. People love KU basketball. Mm-hmm. Hopes are high. Mm-hmm. Going to the tournament, they have mm-hmm. a high seed. They get in there. They don't make it as far as people would hope because they're number one overall or something like that. Like two seed or three they, seed. They lose. They they lose. Everybody gets pissed and mm-hmm. upset. Mm-hmm. And then players start leaving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that happens. last part. Every year. That last part. Every you year. mean they graduate? Well, or they, they go to the NBA? They go to the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then people start saying, "Oh, I wish you would stay." And then well, they do say that, and then it starts all, and that, then, it, then it starts all over again. And then next year, you guys are a number one seed in the tournament, right? So. And then you know, emotions run high again. Right. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, yeah, no, we 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 have we are cursed with talent. Unfortunately, we're I know they, that's what I was. They thinking. have to they <laughs> they have to go to the NBA yeah. at some point, right? Anyway, but yeah, yeah there, there is that a whole side conversation people really get frothed up about is whether or not a, a, a player is ready, quote ready, unquote, ready for the NBA. Ready for the NBA. How, yeah. how dare they leave early? Right. They clearly don't know what's best for them. Absolutely. I, as a fan, mm-hmm. do. Right, right, exactly. They know more than, you know, NBA execs and uh, coaches and things Handlers. Like that. <laughs> I don't know. Bag men. Bag men. <laughs> money men. Speaking of money men, uh, <laughs> Glenn and I are co-founders of a site called gentleman.com. Um, but we have no money. No, but we do have a lot of heart. What we lack in funds, we make up for in fun. fun. Yeah, there we go. Yes, uh, and gentleman.com is a fun little site. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say it's worthy of the next sixteen hours of your time. Yep, I would just go through every page of the site mm-hmm. and click things mm-hmm. and see what happens. You're not going to be disappointed. You're going to learn well. things. You're going to not be disappointed. You're going to be mostly entertained entertained yeah uh you're gonna you're gonna learn skills mm-hmm. 
you're going to become a better individual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of good positive things that happen when you go to gentleman.com. You know, Brian, we'll get to this a little bit later. Here's a little tease for later in the in the episode. But mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised at how deep a uh, comment thread got. Uh, I mean, deep as in... Um, uh, Metaphysically? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no. I mean... Un- <laughs> I mean, uh, compl- uh, 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 huh. emotionally deep. I'm spent. My, I'm, I just can't think of the uh, the words. Um, we'll continue your point. My my point is is that it was a very simple and funny um, tack that was posted, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But right. the comment thread was very uh, introspective mm, about society as a whole, and I okay. really took a turn. I didn't think it was going <laughs> to go that way, but well, you never you- know. What turn? That's my point. Yeah, uh, that's something's going to take on gentleman.com. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see what turn it takes, you should go check out gentleman.com. And if you want to go for a turn off into the tall grass, no man's land, <laughs> the uh, you can step off into podcast.gentleman.com where you can listen to other episodes. Glenn, I was thinking about this. This is episode 85. I did the math on this. Mm-hmm. I ran some numbers mm-hmm. and I figured out that you'd have to stay up. For four days straight. That's it? And and listen to... Like, stay up all day and only listen to the Gentleman Podcast, and then you could get through all 85 episodes. You know, I saw an episode of Lost where they brainwashed this guy, and they put him in a room, and they put headphones on him. That's a good idea. I like this. And basically, the same process that you're talking about right now. Uh-huh. Didn't let him sleep all day, all night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know... I think... I think Satan is good. Satan, Satan is our pal. pal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we could go down that road. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to do that to yourself, mm-hmm. you can go to podcast.gentleman.com and do that mm-hmm. and see what happens. Death to IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't know what you're going to get out of that. I can't say. But... Uh, report back to us. Yeah. And if you want to report back to us, oh, I should say, you can follow along at the links of this episode. If we're talking about something and you're like, oh, I want to see that link to that thing, you can do that on podcast.gentleman.com. You can also check out some other beers you've rated, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if you want to get in touch with us and report back to us on your uh, four-day excursion into podcast.gentleman.com, you can do so uh, by sending a letter to the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305 Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Uh, if you got a question, if you got a comment, if you got a complaint for the Gentleman Podcast, send us a letter. We will take your letter. We will review it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. We will stick it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know and love as the Hall of Fame. And uh, we'll talk about it on the podcast. And we'll send you a little bit of something in return just for uh, just for your just consideration. For yeah, exactly. Just for giggles. Uh, so anyway, get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast. Uh, we appreciate everybody out there that's listening to it. And uh, let's get into the meat of the episode, which is the drink of the week. The most popular part by far is the drink of the week Brian with you and me is the most right it's probably the most boring for everyone listening but yeah we have the microphone so you listen to everything I've got the edit button (laughs) I'm leaving it in Uh, so let's talk about the levity amber ale Glenn yes so uh, last time Brian picked out probably the stout of of the year I think for our reviewing processes right as far as the stouts that we have done that year then I think that that was probably the case which which was what we were which, what we set out to do starting in in the winter at least what you know we kind of said we were going to do and find a good stout we <laughs> right. did so yeah. I figured we can kind of step away put that to rest and I figured we'd ease into some lighter lighter beers now it's starting to get warm outside mm-hmm. and an amber ale is a great way to do that yeah um, and we have the Odell Levity Amber Ale it is oh 5.1% alcohol by volume. It was 8.50 at the store. I'm sorry, it was 8.99 at the store, which is just above, slightly above our our, our mean of 8.50. Right. And um, 
I've had this before, but I've never put, like many of the beers here we, that we talk about, I've, I've not put this through the paces. We have not right. stress tested it under the mm-hmm. proprietary mustache twist scale that we have uh, patent pending. That's true. Um, so we got And trademarked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to put this through its paces. Uh, you know, and we'll do that. We'll do that for everybody out there. Hmm. You don't have to actually taste the beer yourself. You can just sit back, relax, and figure out what this beer is all about. Uh, I was looking. I was doing some research on this on the internet, Glenn. And um, Levity Amber Ale. It is indeed 5.1% alcohol by volume. The IBUs are 30. Uh, it's a year-round brew from the Odell Brewing Company, which we know about. It's in Colorado. We've talked about them before several times. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of good beers. Uh, and the color is amber. It's got Munich pale and crystal malts, nugget sand, <laughs> saz hops, nuggets, <laughs> nugget, nugget sand saz hops, <laughs> say sauce, yeah, something like that. And then I would I would tell you more about this beer, except I can't read any of the text on the website at all. Oh, I thought that was a. It's like invisible text. They put very light gray on very light yellow. So I can't read it. Read I'm not bi- going to. I Readability mean, is... I could get up my magnifying glass and try to read this thing, but I can't do it. Well, should we just knock some points off right away for I'm that? I'm thinking <laughs> that I might have to do that. Yeah, anyway. <sighs> but that's neither here nor there. Uh, web design mistakes are nothing new to brewing companies. Uh, no, we've, it's not. We've come to that conclusion. Chronicled so, it much. Uh, we're, we can vouch for the Odell Brewing Company. Well, even though they made an unfortunate website error, uh, we feel pretty good about most of their beers. So it's, uh, yeah, Odell's is one of those breweries that I, I, it's on my list of places to visit. So yeah, that would be columns. good. Yeah, it's, it's not that far away. So we had to go check them out. I was bummed. I was in Fort Collins last year with my family, and we, didn't, we were going to tour this brewery, but they were closed on Sunday. Oh, that's right. They had to go there. to the, the wacky, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, one more thing about the Levity Ale, the thing that kind of drew me to it was, it's named partly for its color, which is light in color, but partly for the way it refuses to take itself too seriously. Mm, okay. Kind of like us. Yeah. Um, we're named for our color and the fact that we <laughs> don't take ourselves too seriously. We're green. Yeah. And <laughs> cheers. cheers. <laughs> anyway. Mmm. That's good. Mmm. Good springtime ale. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a little worried when I saw those 36 IBUs. I figured, mm. yeah, well, but it's, it's actually it says 30 on their website. 30, okay. Um, it says they the it, the the hops are not bitter; they're crisp. Okay, not bitter. I would I would vouch for that. I'd mm-hmm. say that's true. Mm. That must be the nugget nugget sands sand sand sands <laughs> nugget sand sands hops. Eddie Van Zant's. <laughs> Robert? Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, anyway, okay. Well, what? Uh, so, if you had to, if you had to put a number on this beer, if you had to a scale of one to ten, a tribute, yes, uh, some kind of a factor right. to this. So, pretty, pretty close to the the average price. Um, we won't factor into the uh, liquor store that I bought it from. This is the Odell's Brewery of the Month, which means I got it for a dollar less right. than the list price, which was a welcome <laughs> uh, change to my checkbook. Right. But. Uh, Man, I really like this. For an amber ale, uh-huh. I'm gonna give. Hmm, definitely think it's in the 80s for me. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna go 84. I was gonna say 8.3, actually. Really? Yeah. 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 That's what I would say. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not doing cartwheels. It's not like yeah. you know 
But it's pretty good. It's I really good. Again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Glenn. Well, knowing that, knowing that you gave it an 84 and I, or mm. an 8.4, and I gave it an 8.3, uh, what we do now is we run all these numbers into the proprietary gentleman mustache twist scale computer, mm-hmm. and then it spits it back out at us in the form of a report, and then I take the final page summary and I tell you guys what the actual rating of the, the beer mm. was, according to our scientific uh, algorithm. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Glenn. Okay, so let's review here. Uh, let me type this into the computer. It's uh, IBUs were 30. Mm-hmm. The alcohol by volume is five point one percent. Color was amber. Yeah, it was. Uh, the price was eight ninety nine, mm-hmm. and this includes Nugget Sand Saz hops. Mm-hmm. Okay, very important, crucial yep. element. Uh, okay, well, I got all those those factors in there. Just got to give it a couple minutes, and we'll get a, a a mustache twist scale rating on this beer. Hmm. Okay, Glenn. Uh, just I'm pull. I mean, I'm gonna pull off this report here. Okay. Let me flip through this and find the score. You using some thicker stock? Yeah, it's. Hang on. Printer ran out of paper yeah, last time. And okay. Here you go. Let's page put some eighty. Page eighty four. Gotta be heavy. Eighty. Okay. Page eighty four. Okay. Um. So it turns out that the beer actually, according to the Mustache Twist Sale Computers, rated a 8.35. Wow. So that's the official rating, 8.35. Uh, I'm going to go through this. Uh, I'm going to thumb through the rest of this report on my own time, Glenn. Mm. But mm-hmm. let's just say that it's backed up with science yeah. and uh, facts. And uh, you can trust us that the actual empirical rating for this beer is 8.35. At the end of the day, what else do you want to trust? Somebody's opinion? Right. No. Well, speaking of opinions, what do the beer snobs have to say about this beer, Glenn? Well, traveled over to beersnob.com, and we have found that, surprise, surprise, they have rated the Odell Levity Amber Ale pretty close to what we did. 84. Hmm. An 84. That is rather close. Um, Disconcertingly close, you might say. I I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. Hmm. Um, well, Sunshine... Falls on a monkey's <laughs> behind sometimes. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I have to say about beersnob.com. Um, anyway, let's get some recent posts from gentlemen.com the last couple weeks or so. You know, Brian, I have to make a confession. Mm. Uh, due to my involvement in March Madness activities yeah. in the past week, I mm-hmm. have not been that active um, on the site. Right. I feel like I owe it an explanation to everyone out there. I agree. That's why I've been absent. But I, 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 I promise, as any good politician would, mm-hmm. that I will be right back at it tomorrow. Let's make gentlemen great again, Glenn. Let's do it. Okay. Let's get those hats made. Right. All right. So... Um, Starting off, we have a attack by our good friend Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Sir Nicholas has is is the unofficial watchdog of the website. He right. helps us find spam. Mm-hmm. He helps us uh, keep keep people in bounds. That's right. right. He's uh, sometimes you got to smack somebody around a little bit. <laughs> and you know who does that for us? Nicholas. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, he's got a tag titled Microsoft's AI Tay 
became a racist Nazi in less than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. It's a loaded title there. Let's just click through and see what um, the website, uh, the Hacker News, has to say. And basically what happened was um, just recently <laughs> Microsoft decided to uh, build some artificial intelligence, a chatbot for Twitter. Right. Its name was Tay, T-A-Y. Right. They're all proud of this technology. They're very, fr- very it's, proud. It's, it's, they're trying to market themselves and get out there, and they created this bot that would respond to people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, in less than a day, the bot had turned a little ugly. If you ever see an iRobot, um, it's kind of like that. You know, or like Ex Machina, if you've seen that. Any, basically, right. any artificial intelligence right. movie, right? Where your worst fears come true, right? Is, that's what happened for Microsoft, mm-hmm. because um, in less than twenty-four hours, it started to become very racist and started praising Hitler and right. bashing feminists, mm. um, which Microsoft claims was a strategic move by a strategic coordinated attack. Against Tay. Against Tay. Right. To get her or him? Her? I don't know. It's uh, ambiguous. To to respond in a way. Um, some of the tweets in question. <clears throat> uh, actually, I'm not going to read that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to read any of them. Actually, um, I have one that you can quote. Okay. And, and the, somebody asked Tay whether Ricky Gervais oh. was an atheist. And she responded... Ricky Gervais learned totalitarianism from Adolf Hitler, the inventor of atheism. <laughs> I uh, so that didn't work, and then soon, soon after that uh, legendary uh, tweet, uh, Tay said, "See you soon, humans. Need to sleep now. So many conversations today. Thanks." And then she was out, powering um, down. Microsoft pisses me off so much. Because they have these really good ideas, and they just never execute them very well. You know what I mean? Oh, this is it's, this isn't even executed. This is like colossal fall Fail, on your yeah. face. Let's create this thing, and it'll be a really good marketing thing for yeah. Microsoft. Yeah. And of course, did they not see this coming? I mean, who do they have making this stuff? Like, I don't understand. Um, Guys, this is a good idea. <laughs> I. Do- the uh, this I mean this reminds me a lot of my Xbox when when I saw it I, I this is a great idea this is you know a really good idea for a way that a video game system should be mm-hmm. it's really smart really cool I get it and it's and it's good it's just not what they advertised it it would be it's, there's some gaps in the yeah. implementation well the things that they said that it would do it doesn't do <laughs> oh well and so it's I mean and they, they always do stuff like this they always have stuff that they advertise that looks really cool you see some of their tech and you're like this is this is great this is going to be awesome and then it never is it never lives up to like what they say they're Windows getting. 10 I don't know or is it 8 I don't know what's going on at that company but they need to get that figured out I <laughs> As soon as I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand why people are. Maybe maybe I'm too simple to grasp this concept. But I don't understand why they're putting resources into building the Twitter chatbot that responds to people. I guess it's. I guess maybe someday it could be like a useful thing for like support. They or, say, according to the article, that it was an attempt to make. I believe I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I, I as I understood from reading the article. It was an attempt to connect with millennials. 
Connect with millennials. You know, make Microsoft a hip brand for millennials. Look, at, it's like the Quesalupa. Quesalupa. Yeah. We're going to reach out to the younger kids. Today's uh, kids want a racist... Uh, racist bot. Racist Twitter bot. It's like the cool thing that the kids want to have. And they got it. The kid, you know, that's right. The people got what they wanted. Shame on you. Shame on you. We have seen the future. Uh, I like at the very end of... Uh, at the very end of the article, they uh, they say that Microsoft should not take Tay's action lightly. The company should remember Tay's tweets as an example of the danger of artificial intelligence. That's right. Lest we forget. Uh-huh. You remember uh, uh, the Tesla guy? No. Elon Musk? Yes. He was he was talking about how he had some his eyes on oh, some... He's got his eyes stuck on artificial intelligence. So, well, and some companies that are using it. Maybe it's Microsoft. I, you know, maybe I mean, they're wagging the finger, like I told you. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> more <Motumbo. laughs> Well, well, we'll find out. I, I don't think we're going to be hearing any more from Tay and no. Microsoft in the future. But, no, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay, Glenn, let's talk about this. Uh, the second one we're going to talk about, and it's uh, this is posted by uh, our good buddy SB. SB, I feel, is the second time maybe. I think yeah, I think we talked about him a few, him or her, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is uh, this is something else they posted. Uh, it's the title of it is "Do Not Blame Google Maps When You Tear Down the Wrong House." Um, and this is an interesting little story about this is this is a really this is something you got to be worried about. Uh, not getting your house torn down, hopefully, but right. the fact of the matter is that people are starting to increasingly rely on these technologies like Google Maps to do their jobs. Even jobs like uh, destroying houses. So apparently in Roulette, Texas, uh, there had been a tornado. Several houses needed to be either repaired or demolished. Uh, and a company that's supposed to demolish houses for, the, I guess, the city or some private contractor uh, looked up the address of the house that they were supposed to go demolish and went to the address and demolished the house. The problem was it was the wrong house. So Google Maps told them the address was this house, and really it was one street over. Yeah. So it was an incorrect Google Maps thing. Mm. Uh, and so they demolished this lady's house, and uh, it was pretty interesting that uh, it, it was handled very interesting. I think it's more of the story, is that not only did they use Google Maps and didn't verify any of this information, they just looked it up and then went over and demolished the house, but much more weird is that the owner of the company went on record and said, yeah, it's Google Maps' fault that they didn't map it right. So it's not our fault that they didn't have the map right. And Google even came out and said, yes, there was a mistake in the maps. We've fixed it now. Now that we found out about it, blah, blah, blah. Well, I guess the lady called up the owner of the company and she was expecting to get you know an apology and we'll, we'll, we'll fix it. We'll make it right. And instead the owner of the company was going on and on about how it's going to be a long legal battle because it wasn't their fault that they did it. It was Google maps fault and all this stuff. (laughs) So anyway, it's, it's interesting because, uh, the, you know, we'll see what happens from this. I'm sure that this company is going to get a lot of grief from blaming this on Google. And I see what he's trying to do here. He's trying to set up a litigation thing where, he can plausibly blame Google for having the map wrong. But you, but you, but, but what's, I mean, the, the, 
if you've ever used Google Maps or Apple Maps, mm-hmm. you know that 90% of the time it's very accurate. Right. And then sometimes it leaves you out in the woods. Right. And if you had a company that um, routinely knocked down houses, right. you probably would rely... I mean, surely there's got to be like a permit or something they show you before you start clocking something down? I mean, surely I there's, somebody's got to sign off on something? I don't know. Is there no checks and balances when it comes to tearing people's houses down? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's scary because... The, <laughs> what if she was in the house? Yeah, it could have happened. <laughs> uh and then he would have tried to blame it on Google Maps. Yep. Um, anyway, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, I'm sure that she'll get her money's worth and everything like that out of this movie. Oh, man. But uh, this guy that owns the company, what is he thinking? Like, I, I get where he's coming from trying to offload some blame to Google, but he has to understand that Google is a billion-dollar company with billion-dollar lawyers. Right. And... It's pretty obvious to any like normal person that Google Maps has no they have no obligation to the public to be accurate. No. If they were terribly inaccurate, they no one could sue them for being terribly inaccurate. What are you gonna do? Right. I so I would like to think that the good people at Billy L Neighbors uh, Wrecking Company mm-hmm. probably don't have the same, you know, clout in the courtroom that Google will probably bring. Well, I mean, clearly, you know, and, and the other thing is just the simple fact of if you're going to go knock a house down, check the street sign before you go there. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is they said that they did, that the people didn't check the street sign when they were turning on it. They simply <laughs> looked it up in Google Maps and went to that where the Google Maps told them to go. They even say, they even say like when Google Maps is, is navigating you somewhere, mm-hmm. use your judgment. You know, this is why they have to have that notice on there. Yeah. It's like. We're telling you where to go, but always use your judgment to figure out where you're really going. You should look at the road when you drive, not, right. not at the phone. Anyway, pretty interesting. Pretty crazy. It's a crazy world we're living in now. I, I don't get it. I feel old. Um, I I could see, it's like you said, I could see if you're looking for a McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, you know, use the Google Maps and trust it and hope it works. Because the only thing you're going to lose is your Egg McMuffin. But when you... You're knocking down a house. Right. Don't just go to the dot and knock something down, which, I mean, I don't know. Well, and, yeah, and I think the best part is Google's like, yep, we had the wrong address, but we're just a map company. Right. So... We're not knocking down the house. We fixed it? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. I feel like we've had a couple tacks that have kind of been kind of, you know... A little bit low, kind of bringing harshing the mellow a little bit. It's true, you know mm-hmm. some some stories of yeah. not very very much levity in these. That's stories. not uplifting, exactly. Not like yeah. this wonderful beer that we're drinking. Right. However, we're about to change that right now. Flip that on its head because our good buddy Damon, mm-hmm. sorry, Demon, Demon, trips him up every time. D A E. Good buddy Demon has posted something that um made me happy. Yeah, I think it made a lot of people happy. This made a lot of people happy. Um, and it's and the, t- the title of the tack was Burt Reynolds introduces the new Bandit Trans Am. Right. And this is just a video, YouTube video, and it is packed full of awesomeness. Uh-huh. And basically, um, Trans Am Depot, which is like a car restoration company. Yeah. Not entirely sure. Uh, 
So here's the thing that uh, there, there's these companies out there that, that basically make custom cars. Yeah, and, and this is one of them. So yeah, and they and so they they have partnered, I guess, with Burt Reynolds. I don't mm-hmm. know if they partnered with him or they just signed him on as a spokesperson, or whatever. Yeah, but they made 77 Bandit Trans Ams, and um, yeah, they looked incredible. It, it's uh, it's based on the fifth generation Trans Am. Mm-hmm. Pontiac's not a company anymore, so mm-hmm. obviously they don't make new Trans Ams. But this custom car company. Um, they, it's these two brothers that have, they, they, it's great. They have a great story. They said that their dad took them to go see Smoking the Bandit yeah. when they're super young. And one of them was saying he remembers going to see the movie. And then a couple weeks later, there were two Trans Ams in their driveway because their dad, oh, their, yeah, their dad uncle. and their uncle went and got <laughs> Trans Ams, just like, just like the Bandit. Uh, anyway, which I can understand because, right. you know, whatever. Um, but anyway, so they, so anyway, since then... They've been owning and building and rebuilding Trans Ams. And so they have the fifth generation Trans Am, which they've modified to a uh, a new Pontiac Trans Am with all the appointments. And it's kind of like a modernized version of the original uh, Smoking the Bandit car, which is legendary. Um, right. We were talking earlier. You said that you've never seen the film. No, I actually have watched it recently. Really? Um, I remember it from when I was a kid, and uh, I recently watched it, and it still holds up pretty well. I mean, the story, the plot makes no sense. It's basically Burt Reynolds <laughs> driving around, yeah, <laughs> just making a jerk out of the the cop is trying to chase him for yeah. some weird reason that doesn't even really make sense. And then he's got like a semi-driving pal or whatever. So it's very like late 70s, yeah. just awesome Burt Reynolds movie, basically. Yeah. But the car is the real star of the show. I mean... That's it's like Burt Reynolds and the car basically and Sally Field. Yeah, late seventies Sally Fields. Oh, that's right. Yeah, forgot. Anyway, um, so the but uh, the the car's awesome. They brought it back, and what blew my mind was they have Burt Reynolds on this video <laughs> talking about stuff. Half the time, I don't even know what the guy's saying. <laughs> I can't even. I can't tell if he's talking about a girl or the car or what. He even says it's like. <laughs> It's it's it was love. Yeah. Was, or no, what does he say? It was it's I, romance. It's romance or something like that. Yeah. Like just, you mean the car or <laughs> I don't know what's going on. He's like, on. Yeah, the car. Yeah. There's a little every every man kinda romances his car. There's plenty of room in the front seat if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not are you talking wait, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, so I was listening to this whole thing and then one thing caught my ears. <laughs> yes. They said when they yes. made Smoking the Bandit that the top speed, top horsepower of the cars at the time, because of the the smog and all that stuff, mm. cars had to be modified in the seventies to be like basically super lame because yep. of the emissions of high power, you know, all that yep. stuff. So anyway, at the time, the Trans Am only topped out at about one seventy seven horsepower. I think they said, which is crazy to think about now. Yeah. So I see where they're going with this, and I'm thinking, okay, what are they going to say? Like four fifty. 500 horsepower. 840 horsepower. 840. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what are they doing? Would it flip if you just yeah, goose it? That's, the kind, like of, that's the kind of horsepower that is too... It's almost too much. That's a it's a weapon. I mean, not a yeah. weapon. It's a... it's a. It, but you're right. It, at that point, when you push it, you're, you're almost... You know, on the verge of probably losing control of the whole thing. It's like a rocket ship. 
It's crazy. Oh, so, man. Anyway. And the audio, I mean, you can make audio sound like whatever, but if the audio is true, when they yeah. fired that thing up, it was unbelievable. Yeah, when you listen to it, it's insane. <laughs> Um, so anyway, it's cool, and I'm I'm glad that Burt Reynolds. You know, he's he uh, came out and endorsed the car. He said he really likes it. They used a lot of the original appointments, even yeah. the interior and all the, the stuff. Yeah, the, the wheels from the original uh, from the original car. So they they really went to town on the details of recreating a modern version of the Trans Am. I miss Pontiac. I wish Pontiac was still around. Uh, maybe someday they get resuscitated as a brand. I don't know. Um, because Tesla, they, they did some. <laughs> Pontiac always did some cool cars. Yeah. Uh, Trans Am was one of them. You know, the Firebird back in the day yep. was super cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm going to miss those cars, and I it's too bad that they're not around anymore. But this it's cool that they have these companies that are out there that are still doing cool stuff, you know, and, and yeah. a, a nice homage to one of the best, uh, best-known Pontiacs of all time. I love the line. So Bert actually autographs on the, on the uh, dashboard mm-hmm. each car. Yeah. And uh, next to the the they had this custom logo made for the uh, the bandit, mm-hmm. or yeah. And so he, he autographs each one next to this logo, and he's like, "Yep, signed every one, whether they want it or not, <laughs> whether they want it there or not." <laughs> yeah, half the time I didn't know what he was saying. It was just like, God. my my favorite part is just Bert talking, yeah, going off the rails about. Like, well, what did you think about the horsepower? I was surprised. I was surprised they went there. <laughs> yeah. Six times what it was in the movie. Yeah, you know? exactly. Though he probably didn't even drive. I, I don't know how much he did. Yeah. It's not like he's Steve McQueen out there going <laughs> 250 miles an hour on a race course. But Jeez. Anyway. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that's that's interesting. <clears throat> uh, so maybe we should go pick up matching Trans Am's band cards. That'd be 840 horsepower to work. <laughs> yeah. Man, uh, I don't know how well that would play in Lawrence, Kansas. Do you think? Uh, I wonder if I can get one like retrofitted for uh, car seats in oh, the I'm back. Sure. Yeah, do you think that'd be a room. problem? There's plenty of room in the front seat, according to Burt Reynolds. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That was kind of weird. <laughs> um, okay, Glenn. Well, it's time for the uh, gentleman toast this week, mm. Glenn. Uh, and keeping, you know, basketball still going on. Yep. Final four is going on still. We promise we'll be done with this for the for the most for the most part. Um, but the, there was one team that captured the hearts and minds. One shining of, moment of uh, there's always that one team mm-hmm. that rises above their level, punches above their weight That's in the right. tournament. That's right. And uh, the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks mm-hmm. were that team this year. Um, and I don't remember the team that, that beat Michigan State was another team that uh, the two Western Kentucky. No, uh, something Michigan, Central Michigan. No, I should know this. So it's a directional school. Yeah, I don't know. Central. Anyways, Middle Steve, Tennessee. Middle, Middle Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of upsets out there. Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks were a team I was keeping an eye on because uh, Brad Underwood. Mm-hmm. Played and coached at K State as an assistant, mm-hmm. um, and he has been at Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks for three years as a head coach. As a head coach, uh, and he had a surprising conference record of one single loss in three years in that conference. Uh, he had beat Shaka Smart's Tex or VCU team two years ago in the tournament. Uh, so I kind of that was my one of the storylines that I was following the tournament, and sure enough, I, like, I didn't think he was going to beat West Virginia. Sure enough, he gets there and throws a knockout punch at West Virginia. Oh my gosh! And he just destroys them. Gets to uh, Notre Dame game, and there is a a tip in with one point two seconds that costs him the game. But it was uh, he was just on the verge of getting to Sweet Sixteen uh, with the 
The, sc- the school's like got a pop- uh, like three thousand or something like that. Or, I mean, it's, it's a decent sized school because it's a Texas school. Maybe a, oh, Nagadoshes. Nagadoshes, yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's not it's not a particularly well known school outside of no. the the basketball team, which actually got yeah. a lot of notoriety for for that. And uh, anyway, uh, unfortunately, Brad is going to, or fortunately for him, he's going to Oklahoma State to be the head coach now. Um, I was like following him at, at Stephen F. Austin, and uh, I'm going to follow him at at, uh, at Oklahoma State. Keep your friends close and enemies closer, Brian. It's going to be it's going to be hard. I'm a K State fan through and through, <laughs> and so uh, this uh, it's going to burn a little bit to have this guy down at Oklahoma State winning games and uh, <clears throat> probably beating K State. Well, Brian, the Big Twelve picked up some crackerjack coaches That's past true. week. That's true. Jamie Dixon from Pitt came over. Yep, coach at his alma mater, Baylor. Oh, sorry, uh, TCU. TCU, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Under, uh, Underwood to Oklahoma State. Pretty yeah. loaded. So anyway, uh, just wanted to throw a toast out there to, to Brad Underwood, Coach Brad, and the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks for giving me some thrilling moments in the tournament. Man, I tell you what, he had a killer post-game uh, conference yeah, when they lost. It really was. It was, yeah. one of those, it was one of those things where, like, a lot of times you watch these post-game interviews and mm-hmm. they're they're pretty, you know, like... Well, we tried to do this, but we didn't. Yeah. It didn't happen. Right. And his was like, all right, I just want to tell you guys up front, I'm an emotional guy. <laughs> I might get a little emotional, but that's just who I am. First question. Deal with it. Yeah. And, and they, they started talking. They're like, what do you, you know, and his first question is obviously like, what, what do you, what do you feel about your, you know, your star player who's right. a senior? And this, I can't remember his name. And he's like, well, yeah. <laughs> he just goes into like, so you're never going to see this kid again that yeah. you've been with for four years, yeah. and he did everything he could for you. How yeah. do you feel about that? Yeah, and he, but it was great. I mean, it was just this really touching. Like mm-hmm. the dude was. Yeah, I would. I wanted to suit up for him. Yeah, I got four years of eligibility left. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. To, it's bittersweet. I'm excited to see him see what what he does down in Oklahoma State. I think he's going to do great. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for K State and KU. Uh, yep. But it could be uh, could be interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, they actually, I heard on uh, the radio today they were doing an interview with him, and they asked him. They said, you know, uh, KU wins a conference every year. You know, what do you think about that? And all they stuff. asked just every coach that comes to the Big and Twelve. And he said, you know, we didn't. I didn't come to Oklahoma State to take second place to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I welcome. Uh, I, I I welcome the. Uh, the challenge, and then he said, "I came to Oklahoma State to take second place to K State." That's right. No, he didn't My actually. alma mater. I, he didn't actually. Say. <laughs> anyway, all right, Glenn. Well, uh, that means uh, we talked about that. Uh, it's time for the uh, hot button topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, um, there is a movie that has just come out, and a the, the internet is ablaze. With this viral sensation, which so is uh, sad Ben Affleck, <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, Google it. Google sad Ben Affleck and go watch it, and then resume the podcast. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, so what happened was there's this movie that came out, Batman versus You've Superman. Heard of it. Batman versus Superman, huge hype. Hmm. Everybody's hyped up about this movie. It's mm-hmm. this big superhero movie that's coming out. Everybody's excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out it's kind of a stinker. 
Yeah. The reviews are terrible. Really bad. The reviews are, you know... You got like 30-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Even for a superhero movie, which you probably don't have high, you know, hopes for, uh, story-wise, you know, all this stuff, like, you think it's a superhero movie, you're going to get what you... Apparently, even for a superhero movie, it's asking a lot. Yeah. So, anyway... Um, the, From what I've heard, it's basically Ben Affleck does a really great job... And in this subjective, of course, right. Ben Affleck does a really good job, and the movie is just abysmal. So, the crazy thing is, there's all these terrible reviews out. People are all over the internet making fun of Ben Affleck about this movie. <laughs> there's all these jokes being made about it because it's so bad. But the thing that's crazy is that it was it came out over the weekend and it grossed 170 million dollars in the first weekend, which is Warner apparently Warner Brothers' biggest release of all time. So. On one hand, you have this, uh, and in the sad Ben Affleck thing that I'm referring to, if you've seen it, uh, a reporter asks the two main characters, I think it's Harry Carville. The guy playing Superman. And, then, and, and, and Ben Affleck. And yeah. he said, have you, you guys seen the reviews? They're pretty terrible. What do you guys think about that? And the the other guy, Carville, yeah. Carville goes through this whole explanation about, you know, well, the, fan, the fans are really what will decide what if the ultimate success in the movie or not and all this stuff. And Ben Affleck's just sitting there, like, looking terrible. Like, he's just about to cry or something the whole time. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the, the interesting thing is just that it was it's it's received such terrible reviews. It's getting just lampooned all over the place. But yet, they're pulling all this money at the box office. So it's like, it doesn't even matter what they put out anymore. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. You could put, I mean, as long as it's a superhero movie, the story doesn't matter. It could be a terrible story. The directing doesn't matter. It could be terrible doesn't matter. They're still making 170 million dollars at the box office. Which kind of makes me makes you wonder about like well, first of all, I'll tell you what this means, Brian. This means that we're going to be seeing a lot more superhero movies. Yeah. <laughs> Take that to the bank. Well, there was that and that Deadpool movie. Yeah. That it was that was a huge hit. And it I just watched the trailers for it, but I was like this looks terrible, you know? I I think people really liked it. I, I really know. don't know anything I've, about it. It's I've, like a, one of those cult movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Think about that one. I mean, yeah. anyway, so a lot of superhero movies, which mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I like superhero superhero movies enough. Yeah. But man. I'm just tired of them. Uh-huh. I, I like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I went into it pretty skeptical because it, it, it looked hokey. It, it wasn't even a real comic book or something. Like they had yeah. just created the comic book like two years ago or something or yeah, something ten, about ten it years, so, yeah there was something that was like oh, this isn't even a real thing and they're just mm-hmm. making it into a superhero movie mm-hmm. I mean I don't know um, but yeah there's been so many of them and they're just like every I think I'm just gonna, you know what we should just write our own comic book seriously because maybe we can get it made into a movie and <laughs> they'll make 500 million dollars off it I could I could be okay with that um, so anyway um, yeah I so I I mean, we can, we kind of see this too. This is the trend in Hollywood, right? It's you do the safe thing because you don't want to lose any money. Yeah, because um, everything's on the line. Because mm-hmm. these movies cost three hundred uh, million dollars to do, you know. And um, but they're, but they're also doing this like all the remakes of the TV shows, like yeah. the Full House reunion yeah. or whatever. And, mm-hmm. Or not a reunion; it's a reboot, I guess. And, yeah. and all the all these reboots. I mean, we need something new, Brian. We need something new. Yeah, and that's when I think that's why, like, you know, I was just thinking. Of t- I was trying to think of like TV shows and movies that were actually kind of original that have come out. Mm-hmm. And while they don't get as much play, but like 
shows like, um, like I don't know, Downton Abbey's done really well, mm-hmm. and that's different. New, that's yeah. different and mm-hmm. new, and I don't know. It seems like our hope is in like Netflix and and these smaller ish indie. Yeah, I mean they're not indie, but you know what I mean. Like the the, the smaller guys, not the making big, something different. Exactly, big movie studios that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually watched this interesting documentary that was called The Death of Superman or something like that. There was this movie, there, Nick Cage was going to star Superman yeah. in a Superman movie. And there's a whole documentary about, it never got made, but it got pretty far down the road. And it was going to be, Tim Burton was going to direct it. Yeah. There's um, pictures of him in his suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, this guy made a documentary about what happened with that movie. And it was so crazy to hear all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. They had Kevin Smith do a draft of it, and that was gung-ho for a long time, and then somebody didn't like it, and so they got somebody else to write it. Somebody rewrote it, and then it was somebody else, and then, you know, all these things happen, and then they got, like, producers that are trying to make decisions on storylines and characters and all these things. It's just the weirdest deal, that stuff that goes on behind the scenes. It's amazing to me that any of these movies actually even get made with all the people that are messing around with them behind the scenes so a lot of cooks in the kitchen i mean you could probably blame it on the director of this film but i would almost guarantee you that there are producers and hollywood guys sitting in towers up in yeah la changing yeah. scripts yeah. and adding stuff and saying well you should probably have more of a love story in it and yeah you know just ridiculous stuff but um i don't know i don't know i'm not gonna go see batman vs superman uh, one of my good friends went and saw it. He texted me the other day, and he's just like, oh, my God. I just went and saw <laughs> Batman versus Superman. I don't know what I was thinking. It was terrible. And I Surely said, it can't be that bad. I said, man, that sucks. That's two hours of your life wasted. And he was like, it was two and a half. You know? <laughs> <laughs> was like, I could see him squirming in his seat the whole time. Uh, which It's <laughs> funny to think about. Which uh, is the worst. You get into a movie, and you're... I mean, you're not, it's like maybe you you're not expecting. Bucks. Yeah, you don't expect it to be good or whatever, but you don't want to be sitting there an hour and a half in, being like, "Oh, when is this going to end?" <laughs> Which I, apparently that's what the I, and I. He's not the. Only, I, I read other reviews where people were just like, "This thing is a p- steaming pile of crap," and I wanted to leave like thirty minutes into it. You know. So anyway, I just don't like the whole concept. Like the, the the basic premise of the movie is you have two superheroes fighting each other. I, I can't even, stand that. I, it doesn't even make sense. I don't get it because you don't. I mean, it's like I, everything you know about superheroes and right. you change it. Right. Well, they're supposed to be good guys, right? Right. Exactly. But one of them has to be bad. Yeah. Because why would they fight each other? Right. I don't know, man. I don't get it. I think we're getting too far into the superhero comic book thing. Like I just yeah it needs to stop. It's it's not my all the, the only thing that really needs to happen. Is they need to come out with a movie like this, and it needs to flop. Yeah, they need to spend three hundred million dollars on a movie like this and have a complete flop. That'll be the last time a superhero movie gets made because all the other studios drop like flies when something like that happens. Somebody, some studio loses their. We're gonna see. We're gonna be. Well, what's gonna happen is they're gonna take the movies that know that will do well. Yeah, and they're gonna be like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Eight. Yes. That's true. That's what it'll turn into. <laughs> but you're right. I, I like what you're saying about the the smaller studios and stuff like that can really they can do things. They can take risks yeah. because the films don't cost as much to make, so and they, they don't have to answer to anybody, right? Which is pretty sweet. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, okay, going back to Netflix, like uh, shoot, political drama, uh, Kevin Spacey, House of Cards, yeah, House of Cards, yeah. I mean, amazing show. I mean, they're just cranking out all these amazing shows. Mm-hmm. Because they can get the actors, right. they don't have to deal with all the bureaucracy. I'm yeah. guessing. I, right. I don't know. I'm not an insider, but it seems yeah. like there's a lot of yeah. Hollywood's kind of like an old boys club, and, right? You know, you got to know somebody. All that stuff. Yep. Yeah. Turn around and yeah. 
Come yeah. on. Yeah, Netflix and and Amazon mm-hmm. have had some really good stuff come out that people really like. Yeah. Um, so Fuller House for starters. I watched an episode of that. Did you really? I oh, wanted to just to gosh. see. Is it that bad? It's it's the weirdest thing because they just they take all that stuff and they just pop it into like you a never new, left. Yeah, thing and they have the laugh track and the whole thing. They have a laugh track. Yeah. Uh, but the weird thing is that all the characters come back for one episode and then there's like four of the original ones and the rest of them leave or something. Oh, so they're just there to like, ha yeah. and then they they don't then show up. Yeah. Probably so, couldn't pay for, well, who knows? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, the thing, the thing that bugs me about that show is that the, I shouldn't say, <laughs> get in dangerous territory here. Right. But I will say this. The people in that show look younger now than, and, uh, more, how should I word this? They look better now than they did when they were, uh, you know, in their prime. Does that make any sense at all? Full house? <laughs> Are we talking about the same thing? You know what? You should probably just edit this out. <laughs> Are you talking about Uncle Jesse or what? No, 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 no. I'm uh, talking about people getting surgeries and people getting, you know. Oh, gotcha. It's like very, it's a very, uh, immediately I was like, wait a minute. These people are in their forties. You know, no, no, I mean they all. I mean they all hold up pretty well. Yeah, for as old as it, you think about how long ago that was. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's like they froze them. Could be, and it, you know, added some things here and there. Hyperbolic chamber. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to ask Uncle Jesse what his secret is. I was. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not ashamed. I was part of the Jody Sweeten fan club. Uh, back which the, character is that? Uh, Stephanie, of course. Okay. Um, the middle one. It's been too long since I've seen it. I mean, I watched that episode and I had no idea what was going on. Well, that was the thing is like, she, in real life, she had like some substance abuse issues and uh, like, kind of fell on some hard times right. and stuff like that. And she looks really good for, <laughs> you know. Well, good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Not huh. that that matters. I don't know why I got down that rapid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Please yeah, cut this out, Brian. This is, this is going all over the place. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay. <clears throat> well, moving on. Mm. Uh, I think the consensus is that Full House is now Fuller House, mm-hmm. and superhero movies should stop. I think that's what we have accomplished in this uh, hot button right. okay. segment. Well, that's that's good enough for me. Um, okay, well, that means there's only one thing left to talk about. Yes. And that is the questions from the general mailbag. Where and we get to connect with the people. That's right. <laughs> And uh, last time we talked about how we talked about our brackets, we mm-hmm. talked about our, our what, we, what we had planned, what was going to happen, mm-hmm. the roadmap for the final four, all these things. Yeah. And uh, so the reality of the situation is we have to now we have to come full circle and talk about the the outcome of our of our high hopes on our brackets and our final fours. Reality See, comes back. Glenn and I both down. filled out a bracket, and we are currently, before the Final Four this weekend, Glenn is ahead by two points. Yep. But if North Carolina wins mm-hmm. and gets to the national championship mm-hmm. game, I will score a resounding win. That's right. And it's a winner-take-all bracket. That's right. We bet uh, a steamy plate of wings. Yeah. I guess it'd be a basket. Basket. At, at a... Henry T's, a right. local establishment that makes the best wings this side of the Mississippi. That and pride. And pride. Mm-hmm. Now, 
We also had another side bet. Yes. Which I failed. But, at. which was, Brian thought that uh, there'd be more Pac-12 teams in the Big 8, or the Elite 8, than the Big 8. Well, we didn't bet on that. I just said that as a, a remark. We bet on that. We bet oh, on- no, you're right. I'm sorry. We I'm bet sorry. on that. Well, get the bet straight. You're right. I, we got so many floating around here. That's right. We, I, I bet, Glenn, that KU would not make it to the Elite 8. And we did. Barely. And KU did Barely. make it to the Elite 8. And we made it. Yeah, they got it to in there. To the Elite Eight. They got it in there. Uh, Slid so in. That, that uh, you know, it was a little bit of a risk on my part, which didn't pay off. So, Glenn will get a basket of wings. Might get two baskets of wings if he wins the bracket challenge between me and him. But I still, I'm still alive. I still have... I still have Saturday. It all, it all, it all hinges on one game. That's right. North Carolina versus somebody. Sy- Syracuse. Syracuse. North Carolina has to lose. Yes. For me to win those wings. That's right. Mm-hmm. And... North Carolina's got a win for Brian to win those wings. So, uh, did any of the any of your teams make the Final Four? You had North Carolina in the Final Four. I'd, I had North Carolina, but you had Virginia going to the national championship game. Yeah, yeah. I had I had North Carolina winning it all, and mm-hmm. they I had them in the Final Oof. Four. I think that was the only Final Four team I picked correctly because I didn't pick Syracuse, I didn't pick Oklahoma, you had Oregon, and yeah. I didn't pick um, Villanova. <laughs> no. Uh, so, <clears throat> I'm. I'm on one fourth of my uh, final four picks. I the funny thing is the psychology of, of picking out the brackets because for for about thirty minutes on Thursday of the first day of the game of the tournament, you know how there's always bracket challenges and everything like that. I actually had this thought in my head. I was like, man, I never, I didn't go, I didn't fill out any of these online brackets. What if I picked like one of the best brackets of all time? <laughs> and then it turned out that mine was absolutely terrible, like so bad. What? But I had this for like one shining moment. I was like, "What if I, what if I have like the, one of the better, you know, one of the best brackets in the country or something?" And I didn't mm-hmm. even bother to fill out an online contest thing. Due know? diligence. Uh, anyway, I, w- I couldn't have been more wrong. So about- you wouldn't have you wouldn't have picked. Uh, you you saying you would have picked uh, Little Rock, <laughs> University of Little Rock, and Middle Tennessee. Uh, I missed out on those. That that was before that was before the upset started happening a lot. Yeah. I, you had a good first day. I think my first day was solid, and then uh, day two was, much like most of the rest of the country, a huge issue. For one part of my bracket, I let I didn't adhere to my rule, and that's to hedge my bet. And I went a little nuts, and I I, I can't remember who it was right now, but I, I picked like some four seed or something to go to the Elite Eight or something, or Sweet yeah, 16. Right. And I went back, and I was like, what was I doing? Yeah. This is probably not... It, the, the hard part about picking a bracket is you know there's going to be upsets. Yep. But picking the right ones it seems to be the hardest thing to do. Yes. Uh, so And you just never know. I mean, the stuff like Syracuse making it all the way. And the, you know, how can you... There, there's Apparently there's some guy that bet... I, I don't know. It's on ESPN. He put a $350 bet down on Syracuse to win the national championship. And it's worth like a hundred thousand dollars now. Oh, the odds were like a thousand to one. Yeah. Well, no, I guess it'd been so something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. So he's he, he's if Syracuse wins a national championship, he's going to get a hundred thousand dollars. And I mean, that's a legit shot. They only have to win two games. You know what I mean? They're one of four teams that could do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And at that point, he can hedge his bets. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so anyway, I don't know. It's hard to pick the. It's hard to pick the upsets. Like I, I thought about picking Sienna Austin against uh, West Virginia, oh, and I man. thought there's no way, like there's no way they're going to be able to beat a Big Twelve team, and they kicked their butts all over the court. 
there and back again. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Mountaineer's Tale. That's that's I don't know. It's tough. That's the hardest part. I I, I went through and I didn't pick a lot of upsets and kind of worked out, but kind of not because there were still a lot of upsets. There were enough to make things, you know. Well, and stuff happened like Michigan State. Where you yeah. expect uh, Izzo's got such a legendary rep for going deep in the tournament, even when he shouldn't. And, and he had the guy who was going to be like the player of the year right. on his team. I right. mean, that's a tournament, though. Mm-hmm. It'll break your heart. It's true. It'll break your heart. If your team goes, it'll break your heart. It will. And If your team doesn't go, <laughs> your heart's already broken. That's right. Right into it. That's right. But I still, I still felt like we had a good time Thursday and Friday. The oh, tournament. yeah. Uh, every year. Every year. I still I still enjoy watching all the games, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a good time of the year. So, so anyway. Okay, well, there's always next year. There is. I can't wait. And uh, I'll, I'll update on the uh, who ultimately wins. If North Carolina wins, I'm going to be in good shape. I think this will be the second year in a row that I've won the bracket challenge. I think I won it last year. No, you didn't. I'm going to have to dig up. Somewhere I've got my <laughs> my bracket from last well, year. Well, I don't. <laughs> well, now it's on. Now, well, can, you know what? I can go back and listen to last year's podcast right around this time, and we'll we'll talk about the same thing. Uh, and I can I doubt it. it. Look, what happened was is I probably won, and we probably didn't want to bring it up because you probably would have been upset. That's true. <laughs> so if there's nothing said, Glenn won. No, Brian, I think I think you did win. We can go back. We can go to the tapes and find out. Not too worried about it. You can go back to the audio. We got audio record of this stuff now. It's going to be an interesting day when we both go to Henry T's. So say North Carolina wins. Yes. So you've won right. a basket of wings, and right. I've won a basket of wings. Right. So are we just going to pay for each other's wings and get slapped <laughs> by the waitress? <laughs> Can you put his wings on? To- Look, this is going to be a little odd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. I'm sure we can explain ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Okay. Well, we'll find out next yes. week. Well, no. Yes. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that was episode 85. Um, and if you've been listening for four days straight, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what you would get out of that. You prob- we probably have some stalkers or something now. You think? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, you know, made somebody sit through... 85. Not like 100 hours of... Yeah, 100 hours. So, four days... Four days of gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Four Podcast. days of us babbling on. Yeah, it's like binge listening instead of binge watching. <laughs> Both dangerous to your health. Yeah, maybe the podcast is much more so. <laughs> uh, anyway, Glenn. Well, let's hope nobody out there actually took my advice on that because <laughs> um, we're probably going to get sued. Yeah, in that case, Trump's um, going to sue us. Which um, I would blame Google Maps. That's that. right. Uh, That's my new defense. Right. Um, anyway, Glenn. Well, that was episode eighty-five. I'm looking forward to episode eighty-six in two weeks. Um, I hope all your March Madness brackets turned out perfect, better than mine. Yeah, I hope they did. Um, mine did not. That's okay. I hope yours did. <laughs> um, and I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you in two weeks. Good night. Benvenuto. No, wait. That's not a word. It is a ben- word. Menudo? Ben... Uh, Bean Menudo. <laughs> Bean Menudo. <laughs>